0: Hello listener, this is obviously Dan and it's probably fairly obvious I'm not very well. Um, Nor am I recording on my usual microphone because I don't want to get out of my sick bed. Um, Actually, uh, you might be expecting me to apologise that my voice isn't so great in this episode. But I'm not. What I'm going to apologise for is that the recording of my voice in this episode is not so great. When we recorded it, I did not have a cold like I have now. But there was something wrong with the signal on the microphone. This seems to happen Whenever I'm recording with Stella for some reason, we'll have to get to the bottom of it. So, yeah, so my speech isn't very clear, unfortunately. Uh, Stella's is, and I hope you can still enjoy the episode, and we'll endeavour to make sure this doesn't happen again. Okay, have fun as we talk about the Coronetto trilogy. Bye now. Mm -hmm.
1: Dear listener, welcome to the podcast in which we talk about horror, but sometimes we talk about other things, and sometimes we swear. I am PD Velasquez, but as always, you can call me Dan. I have the great pleasure of being joined tonight by Dr. Stella Gaynor. Oh, hello, Stella. <coughs> hello.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you understand
1: that so uh, that I'm not editing that out. So. <laughs> yeah, that fair was, enough. A, such a good entrance.
2: How are you doing? <laughs> I'm actually all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just... oh, no, yeah, not,
1: those, um, not those respiratory, no. respiratory um, challenges
2: I have found <laughs> it for a despite, despite the choking, I, I don't know, choked on the air here. I think um, I'm actually fine. <laughs> no. Don't know what happened no. there.
1: Sorry. We're all reissueing. Um, <laughs> excellent. So, uh, we're, we're, this is a shorter than normal episode, um, so we're going to get straight into the topic today, which was a topic that's suggested by your good self, Stella. It's Yay. the Cornetto trilogy, <laughs> otherwise, um, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, uh, Edgar Wright, producer Nira Park, and uh, have I missed anyone important? Those Uh, four people Those were the big four Yeah, those four people made all these three films Which are 2004, Shaun of the Dead 2007, Hot Fuzz And 2013's The World's End Which, um, (laughs) well, uh, which we've both seen all of multiple times um, Apart from that, I've only seen The World's End once um, And You know they're they're very significant films both for us personally and also I think what they did for the British film and TV Mm -hmm. industry. Yes. And yeah, this is a kind of um, horror adjacent episode because only one of the three films is strictly horror, I think. Yeah. They're all comedies. But um, nevertheless, um, all three do draw on horror in different interesting ways. So um if we start with um with the first film it seems like a natural place to start. <laughs> so Sean of the Dead. Um so um well actually I've just asked you so so why was it that you, um you 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 know you become such a fan of these movies. Did one of them really work for you and you just followed it or or was it because you already knew the people involved? What what's the story?
2: What's going on? It was because I already knew the people involved from Space, so yeah. um, myself and all my housemates at uni in Sheffield, we watched Space as it aired on Friday nights, way yes. back then. Um, yes, I and cannot, we,
1: I can agree with that story yeah. in every detail, including <laughs>
2: yeah. in Sheffield. So, in Sheffield, yeah. I, all of it. Um, so we. We loved it when when the Spaced episodes came out and they did two two series, two seasons of it, whatever you want to call it.
0: This is our house. We've lived here for about a year. Our landlady lives upstairs. There's another guy that lives in the basement. And um, we sometimes have friends around and stuff. But we're not a couple. No. We just, you know,
2: get on. Um, And then when we discovered, what, a couple of years later, a year later or so, that they were, that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright were going forward with Shaun of the Dead, which was based on uh had its beginnings in episode three of Spaced. and um, this episode called Art where Brian goes and sees uh his old art partner Vulva's art expression. Yes, yeah,
1: played uh, by David Williams. Played by
2: David Williams. Um
1: in Little Britain kind of mode. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah and So it's based uh, uh, between ninety nine and two thousand and
2: one I think. It's something called. like that, yeah. And uh Tim, who's Shaun, uh, Shaun. who Simon Pegg plays, Tim has been up all night because him and uh, his friend, some guys that gave him some cheap speed <laughs> pub. So he's been up all night playing Resident Evil, so he's awake and he ends up sort of hallucinating zombies when he goes to watch the play. Um, so Shaun of the Dead is, kind of, is loosely based on that in in you know, both Peg yeah. and Wright have spoken about at length, particularly Simon Pegg, about his deep, deep, deep love for horror. And um, at one point in the Spaced series, uh, the character Tim, like he, he comes outside. I think it's the episode where Amber leaves home. I know it all quite well. Um, hmm. He's wearing a Dawn of the Dead t-shirt. So, you know, okay. there's there's a Dawn of the Dead poster on the wall in the flat. So, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the long links back to Spaced so I was thrilled that they were making a movie. They made Shaun of the Dead. Um, I didn't know at the time it was going to be one of three. I mm. just, just That just kind of passed me by, I think. And uh, yeah, so it, it's, it started with with Spaced. And even really a little bit before that, do you remember there was a, a really offbeat comedy? I think it was on BBC Two. It was only ran for one series. It was called Big Train.
1: Oh, yes. I'm a huge fan of Big yeah, Train. Yeah, Simon Pegg's in Pegg that, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So I I'd, I'd seen him even even back then. So when was Big Chain? I don't know the late nineties, uh, Yeah, Big
1: Train started when we were at college, and right. finished when we were at university. Right. I think maybe there was two or three years in between the two series.
2: And yeah. the Second
1: series has got a different cast. Right. What, what, a partially different cast. Yeah.
2: yeah. So Simon Pegg had been on my radar for a bit, mm. and then yeah, and then and then then the Dead. Hit, hit the cinemas what about yourself well you said the same <laughs> well
1: uh, yeah although um i went back a little bit further with peg and Wright because um in the mid late 90s i watched both um the comedy show um is it bill bailey which was a BBC scotland production so it's quite a low budget sketch show yeah it was not really a sketch show, at least half of every episode was just Bill Bailey doing his stand-up act. But Mm -hmm. then there would be cheap comedy sketches in between, um, some of which featured Simon Pegg. Right. And the whole thing was directed by Edgar Wright. Right. And you could tell... I mean, he must have been in his early 20s then, but even then you could tell that this guy was trying to do as much as he could cinematically with what Mm -hmm. he had. Um, And then... uh, not long after that, there was an incarnation of Lexi Sales sketch show series that he did every few years,
2: mm-hmm. and this
1: one, which I think was called Lexi Sales Merry Go Round, was directed by Edgar Wright, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: and it, and and it was just a slightly higher profile, slightly bigger budget than the the Bill the one, and again you could. See, I mean, uh, the reason I watched all of these shows was they were funny, but mm-hmm. I could just see, you know, I enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I was, I was uh, you know, like, I was a media student and,
2: and yeah.
1: things like that, and I and I was enjoying the kind of visual style of them. Um, so, uh, so he was stepping forward with everything, and then suddenly, yeah. Space arrived, which was. Uh, it was, obviously, it was reuniting Peg and Wright, but also um, it was Simon Peg and Jessica Stevenson, as she was then, Jessica Hines now. You know, obviously, they had the vision. They played the main characters and wrote the script. But Edgar Wright was brought on and could do absolutely everything he wanted. Mm. I just remember so many uh, jokes where, you know, they would cut in between two people talking about what happened and what really happened. Yeah, um, kind of comic effect, and you know, a more standard director would just put between the two and have the juxtaposition work like that. But uh, Edgar Wright would do like a whip pan with a yeah. kind of sound yeah. effect, yeah. Nice. you know, um, and which obviously he, he carries into all of his movies, pretty mm. much all of them. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, it took a while for space to really work on me. I didn't. Uh, watch it all properly until it came out on video, <laughs> and then I kind of crank it in over mm-hmm. and over again. I still think there's a um, there's a scene in it where um, they get it's the episode where they go to raid like the animal research. Oh yeah, foreigners. to get Colin back. <laughs> yeah, um, and like the, the, uh, Simon Pegg <laughs> is giving them a pet dog. They're all stood there in there. Um, combat gear or whatever yeah. and there's a sort of house funk version of the imperial map from star wars playing for no reason um, Listen,
2: he gives them all gives them all code names and he's like you're your leia you're chewy whatever and yeah. twist is like is, is jabba the princess yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: that's great
2: um... i think we've spaced the reason really all my friends loved it it so much of it was was just us that's just what we did and yet we were at uni or at least pretending to be <laughs> and like right. just the sitting around and dicking about and going clubbing and just doing stupid things and just sitting around all day on our asses doing absolutely nothing talking yeah. nonsense getting in tiny insignificant adventures <laughs> was it, it was it although space was ludicrous it was a lot like just watching us on on the telly and it I think because we you know we were watching it what 18 19 years old and it just felt like it was made exactly for us we were the absolute prime audience for it and I remember I tried to show it Ema a few years ago she was because she'd seen Shaun of the Dead she was like right you should watch space (laughs) She's just like I don't get it (laughs) you need to you need to spend some time in a Shitty flats where it stinks of fag smoke and there's <laughs> like beer cans all over the floor. You need but to do it, that first. <laughs> it's very specific um, in terms of its timing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like
1: um, I love the shot where um, you see <laughs> you see Tom and Peg them uh, praying beside of the bed <laughs> or something, and he goes, you know, I promise I will I will, will honour you for the rest of my life if you only give me this thing. And he pans, the camera pumps up and he's praying to a voice for a Buffy. <laughs> buffy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like, <laughs> there's the episode where um, Tim basically rants for five minutes about the phantom Menace. The uh,
2: Menace. You don't know what it was like at the start. You weren't part of it. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> you don't know how important it was. You are so blind. You so do not understand. You weren't there at the beginning. You don't know how good it was, how important. This is it for you. This... Jumped up firework display of a toy advert. People like you make me sick. What's wrong with you?
2: And it's a kid, isn't it, in the comic book shop? (laughs) Now, I
0: don't care if you've saved up all your 50p's, Okay, Take your pocket money and get out! (laughs) What a prick. Tim, can I have a word with you in my office?
1: Yes. Oh, it's brilliant. And again, Bill Bailey turning up as the, the guy who runs... Oh, the his manager. Shop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so assistant manager. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, no, I, so I loved all that and then when Shaun of the Dead came out. Yes. Um, it actually came out at the same time as the remake by Zack Snyder of Dawn of the Dead. Which and is a fact, good film. It is a good film, <laughs> but also it's just really lucky for Shaun of the Dead, I think, yeah. that that was there because it meant that everybody knew what the title meant.
2: Yeah, it, it had a link. Um,
1: yeah. In fact, it was one of my best times ever at the cinema, was going to see it, because I saw both of those films in a double bill on a oh, Sunday wow. evening, Dawn of the Dead first, and then Shaun, which is the correct order. Yes. Because you, you get all the clichés in Dawn of the Dead, and then all the, 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 the spoofs of them, uh, mm. or the subversions of them in Shaun. and um, me and my friend Finbar went to see it. Uh, Finbar had never seen the old Dawn of the Dead and really needed that kind of primer on the genre, but it, it mm. really worked for him. Um, and I still think... I've never watched the, the, the Dawn remake again, actually, but I did love it for what it was. But I still think that um, it was such a beautifully satisfying experience because Dawn of the Dead worked so well on its own terms then Shaun of the Dead as well as, although it took the mickey out of that, it also outdid it you know, there's brilliant gore and tension and um, characterizations and things in Shaun of the Dead and it's exultant
0: Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? You do the same dead-end job every day. Is your love life dying on its feet?
2: To a wonderful oh.
0: oh, Have you ever felt that you're turning into... A, a zombie? Maybe you're not alone. Piss it. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. It is vital that you stay in your homes. All physical contact with the assailants. So, what's the plan? Oh! Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got that lizard? <laughs> because I love her. I'm all right, okay. I I totally
1: loved it. Um, um and 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 you know, although I didn't actually watch it again for years, um I was I I was incredibly excited. Hot Fuzz was then coming out. And for any listeners who aren't you know, haven't seen the films, you know, we're not gonna go into too much detail about them. You know, just go watch them. Yeah. But in case just in case it's not clear, they're a trilogy of movies but they're not connected narratively, mm-hmm. it's just kind of thematically. So Hot Puzz isn't a sequel to Showing of the Dead or anything. It's just um, you know, another film um by the same a theme with kind of the same tone um so before we move on to hot fuzz though um, stella do you have a, a favorite moment or a favorite thing that been shown of the dead that
2: i mean how many times have you seen it oh i couldn't even begin to count right. so i saw it in the cinema um i got it on dvd as soon as i could and then i watched it loads and I did that thing where you watch something loads, and then you kind of forget about it for a while. And then when my kid was old enough to watch it, I was, I was like, right, watch this. And then now they've watched it over and over again as well, so it's Good. it's gone back on repeat. So in fact, all three of the films are near enough on repeat in our house now because Emma's just watching them over and over again. She she loves all three. Um, right. And my favourite bit, so two two pieces of it that are particularly like, and what so when. Shaun of the Dead came out it was definitely part of the zombie resurgence that we had in the early 2000s with 28 Days Later and the Dawn of the Dead remake and, and Shaun of the Dead was definitely part of that and Resident Evil and, and all that good stuff and even though um, you know and then the Walking Dead in the comic and then Walking Dead on TV just a handful of years later with that sort of premise of man wakes up from coma that we had in 28 days and in the walking dead comic and then in the walking dead tv with sean it's kind of the same like he's waking up from the coma of his life like he's so (laughs) stupefied with the boredom of his life and he's you know he's slapped out of it by by the zombie apocalypse and then it's just got a lot despite being screamingly funny it does also have some genuinely tense sequences in it um where either Sean knows what's going on or he doesn't, <laughs> um, right and then just the last stand in the Winchester is fantastic, where he has to deal with his mum and there's David's death when he gets pulled through the window. I think is particularly scary. He's like edging along the windows and they're all telling him get away from the window, David, get away <laughs> from the window, and then he doesn't and they pull him through the window and and it's you know it's despite being very very funny, it does have the the, the the moments in zombie films that can be quite tragic it's it still does that it still does that and, and it, you know it ticks all the zombie boxes you you know you've got somebody in your party who's bitten and you have to deal with it and you know it, it, it does all of those things like you said and and subverting them and making you laugh yeah really definitely. laugh
1: <laughs> i mean yeah it, there's definitely more to it If you know all the films it's referring to, like the the wonderful gag, um, Sean's mum in the movie, played by Penelope Wilson, is called Barbara. Barbara. So when when they make plans to go and rescue (laughs) her, um, uh, Nick Ross gets to say um, into the phone, We're coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, a a key line from the start of Night of the Living Dead in a totally different context. Um, (laughs) And things like that so there will be more to it if you, if you know that background I think also as we just discussed regarding space it kind of helps if you're from our generation yeah um, <laughs> because there's, there's definitely um, a reflection of life in in the early 2000s when you're in your 20s kind of thing mm. but despite all that you know having watched it again recently I do think it just holds up as it's it's a marvelous romp. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 frightening. It's tense. Um, it's really well characterised. I mean, I think the whole kind of love triangle with um, <laughs> with Sean's um, ex girlfriend. So
2: there's so there's Sean and his girlfriend, or they've split up at the start of the film, pretty much, and then mm-hmm. basically the rest of the film is getting Sean getting her back. Getting Liz, getting Liz back.
1: That wonderful actress like, Kate Ashfield, who is in nothing enough I mean, she should, she should be a huge star. Yeah. Like years after this, she will turn up. She does, you know, if she did some really uh, important kind of artistic work, I think like before Sean was death, she was in one of the first productions of Sarah Kane's *Blasted* in London. Mm. But then she will turn up, and she'll just be kind of a Relatively small role in, middle murders or something. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't see more about it. But anyway. Yeah, there are, there are just scenes which are about um, them being in the pub and how mm. disinterested in her point of view Tim is.
2: Sean, sure. you know.
1: sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> we might as well you. be Tim. <laughs> but yeah, but but um, well the. the all of the characters, well, no, that's, I think only the hot thoughts is Simon Pegg playing a strongly different type of character, I think thematically there is.
0: Yeah. There's a
1: line between Tim and Sean, and then Gary in uh, the world then. Gary the world King. World will obviously go to Gary King.
2: <laughs> um, in a bit.
1: <laughs> indeed. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it worked as a kind of romantic comedy drama with a bit of sweet
2: edge. A Zom rom-com, they yes. said.
1: But then you've got the slowly um, approaching apocalypse. Mm. And my favourite thing about the movie is that incredible build-up. You know, where um, uh, Sean has just broken up uh, with Kay Sashfield's character. What's her name? Liz. She's Liz.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, what is it? He's in the pub with Nick Frost, who gives (laughs) him a big kind kind of pep talk
0: you don't need liz to have a good time oh i don't man no no hey, look at me can i just say one more thing i'm not gonna say you know there's plenty more fish in the sea i'm not gonna say if you love her let her go and i'm not gonna bombard you with cliches but what i will say is this
2: <laughs> it's not the end of the world
0: yeah. at that point there is like the <laughs> shape of a shambling
1: zombie right behind <laughs> queen, the queen and the window Um, and, and that whole, and the fact that you know, obviously, John in his stupor doesn't really realise what's happened, but we know because we, mm. you know, we've seen. If you've seen those the other the Romero movies, and think you recognise <laughs> all the signs. But he just when they... wanders around thinking it's a normal kind of. He's um,
2: hungover, isn't he? When yeah. they come out the pub and they're, they're hammered and they come out of the pub and they're singing Duran Duran's white lines and <laughs> there's a zombie coming down the road da-da-da-da-da-da-da da da what's wrong with him? He could have said bass or freeze <laughs>
0: okay so
1: time's moving out so let's keep yeah. on
0: Sergeant Nicholas Angel Expert in hand-to-hand combat, armed response, and high-speed pursuit. He was so good, they reassigned him. Right. You've been making us all look bad. Statistically, Sanford is the safest village in the country. Now, this big city car. You ever fired two guns whilst jumping through the air? No. You ever fired one gun whilst jumping through the air? No. Must learn. Is it true that there is a place in a man's head that if you shoot it, it will blow up? How to think small. Morning, the swan's escaped. The swan's Escape. Can you describe it to me? About two foot tall. Yep. A long, slender neck. Huh? <laughs> That's just gonna scare it But in a place where not much goes on A whole lot is about to go down Uh, Three people have died in a week Accidents happen all the time What makes you think it was murder? There hasn't been a murder in 20 years You're saying this wasn't an accident Have you ever wondered why the crime rate is so low And yet the accident rate is so high Oh yeah (laughs) Bust this thing wide open. From the guys who watched every action movie ever made and created Shaun of the Dead. When the heat is on, here come the fuzz. You gotta call. The fuzz. Gunfights, car chases. That's what I'm talking about. Hot fuzz.
1: So, um, I'll just recount my journey to it. Again, I saw this in the cinema in an amazing double bill. Although the first film in this double bill was actually Casablanca. Um, what? It was on pre-release <laughs> at the time and I'd never seen it. So me and, and our friend Ross uh, and our friend Diane sure on Boston, we went along to the cinema to watch Casablanca, which none of us had seen before, I think. Um, and then what Fuzz afterwards. And Ross and I had just been working on a kind of comedy police Movie, so we're particularly um, keen to see what they did with it. Um, and I remember, it, I, I like it more now. I remember feeling that the first half of the movie was even better than *John of the Dead* because mm-hmm. Nicholas Angel, the character played by Simon Pegg, was <laughs> such a different kind of character.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and.
2: And that's so, I'm just remembering that. all the lines, that's why I keep giggling Well yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: really? I don't blame you um, and, Oh yeah, and I worked for the police at the time You did, so yeah I, I kind of recognised, I was quite impressed by its, um, its fidelity to correct procedure and things like, There's a line about, <laughs> why don't we call it a road traffic accident anymore? And he says, because accident implies there's no
2: one to blame. So they call yeah, a road traffic collision. Road traffic collision.
1: Yeah. Um, it's like when,
2: um, <laughs> when they're telling him that he has to leave. He has to leave. It's like, do I get any say in this? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so the start of,
2: that's the, um,
1: the police uh, operations, isn't it? At the start. it, it you want me to get the chief
2: inspector down here? You want him to call him? I'm going down here.
1: And he gets that. Yeah, Nicholas <laughs> Angel is the cop who's so amazing that he has to get a panel of incredible high up coppers, including Bill Nye, Martin Freeman, uh, Steve Coogan. <laughs> Rob Ryden, the... one of them? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they all kind of keep, keep, keep calling him superiors to come down. Every they time ask him the same that.
2: question. Hi, right, Nicholas, how's the hand?
1: Still a bit stiff. <laughs> Um, and basically <laughs> that they, they think he's such a good cop that he's embarrassing the force yeah. he's making them all look bad so they're yeah. gonna transfer to um Wells in Somerset with James. Sanford Gloucester. Uh sorry, Wells in Somerset is where it's filmed.
2: Yeah, Sanford, Gloucestershire.
1: Sanford in Gloucestershire. That's yeah. what they say. Um and I, <laughs> I was thrilled with it as well because it kind of felt like something that I dreamt. That might happen and probably inspired by seeing space when i was at university and we we're trying to make kind of low budget films and thinking how you could make more exciting films within the, the, the budget constraints of british cinema i thought let's just why don't you just do a big cop comedy like a, a movie of this of the detectives where you because it, it would have like a police plot you could have a real huge conspiracy around it which would mm. just give you an excuse to invite in every great comedy actor currently yeah. available it's and like a who's who isn't it <laughs> yeah that's exactly what hot is is so good yeah and then of course um it kind of has a swing towards horror in it and it has mm. very strong echoes of the wicker man and the yeah. omen with yeah. the appearance of edward woodward and also billy whitelaw in a stunning little cameo <laughs> as She's the the lady on the checking desk at the uh, place today.
2: Fascist! (laughs) Yes! Hag! Hag! Yes!
1: Um, Doing the crossword at the the desk all the time. Um, Yeah, and uh, I remember feeling like the film lost me a bit when it it goes on Michael Bay. Um, Because I'm not as into that stuff. Uh, I'm not as. As well versed and as affectionate towards what it was spoofing. Um, <laughs> having said that, watching it again it's still very funny. And
2: it's just. And also, it's I'm not even great, watching it and I'm laughing. <laughs>
1: got a great mystery plot. I think. You know, yes. It's a very rare and a very precious thing. Is a comedy movie that has a really tight plot.
2: Mm. Um,
1: yeah. And, and it and it really does. Um, so that, that that was me and Hot Buzz. Um let me just invite you to, to stop, laughing stop laughing. for a minute. <laughs> Interrupt your, your, your mirth and, and tell us about how you came to it.
2: Well, I saw it in the cinema. Um and I think for me, Hot Fuzz I think is where you really see the Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright team sort of hit its stride because it's so slick. Mm. Um it's like you said, it's so it's so tight um and yeah it is hilarious <laughs> so i watched it because i'd enjoyed Shaun of the dead i knew that it was it was coming and i'd heard that it was going to be a trilogy um and you know the only link like i said is that sort of like the cast the crew and, and the fact that at some point everybody gets a cornetto uh the things i like about it is of course it's horror elements Lots of the set piece deaths make it feel a bit slashery at times. Yeah. You've got the hooded killer, which is, you know, the yeah, the NWA neighbourhood watch association. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, a couple of the deaths are particularly grisly. But I think for Hot Fuzz it's just that it's just the script is just fantastic. It's line after line of absolute screaming laughter that you know, it's certainly in our house. We endlessly quote and repeat to each other, and all, all three of us in this house would all agree that the funniest bit is when the the first, um, so Nicholas Angel started working at Sanford and they go to the pub for their first pub lunch, and um, the the two Andes are the two they're like, they're like CID detectives, aren't they? The two andies two detectives.
1: Oh yeah, never come downstairs. Um, yeah, Paddy Considine. Paddy Considine. Uh, who's the other one one of us is pronouncing it right but I'm not sure which one
2: <laughs> I love Paddy Considine, Considine but they're talking about they're saying like um, you know there's more guns in the country don't you than, than there is in the city <laughs> it's like everyone and their mums is packing round here oh yeah like who <laughs> farmers who else farmers mums <laughs> 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 so it's just just so many good lines like that, where the, the big showdown at the end when they're in um, Summerfield, <laughs> the big showdown, and one of the Andes gets now like, this guns firing everywhere, and the gun hits a load of dolmio sauce, and his face is covered in the red sauce, and the Andys like, no, and like, it's all right, Andy, it's just bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so many, it's so many good lines, and just so, and they you know, it's it's a it's a action movie it's a thriller it's a cop movie it's a buddy movie it's Mm. even got elements of slasher in it and it's just yeah it's it's just fantastically tight if i was going to give it one teeny tiny criticism it would be that it's probably a bit long i think there's some of it they could have compressed Mm. um but that might just be because i've watched it endlessly um and, yes, there's, there's some bits that I feel are a bit more stretched out than they need to be, but, you know, it's 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 fantastic. <laughs> I yeah, love it. I, I mean, the most recent
1: time that I watched it, I didn't watch it all in one go. I watched it in chunks, and I think maybe it benefits from
2: that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's got quite clear acts to it. Um, and, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think maybe I've just sometimes found it a little bit long, but, again, that could be down to the fact that I've seen it. 150 times. <laughs> right. Um,
1: but no, it's incredible, and you know it, it is shown every week on ITV2. So yeah. Um, so you know you're not you're probably not alone in seeing it 150 times.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and um, yeah, I'm not sure where they're streaming at the moment, but they can be definitely found. All three of these movies probably, but certainly the first two are on like rotation.
2: Yeah. On
1: on ITV. Two, three, and four. I think. So, mm-hmm. um, keep an eye out. Yeah. um I mean, I, I'm watching it again. I absolutely loved its death. Um, the cast is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. You know, the fact, just the fact that they've got Olivia Colman in it. You know, in, in a small role. Yeah. <laughs> because she just she was omnipresent. Comedy supporting character for a few years, yeah. Um, but it's amazing, you know, that she later blossomed into Oscar winning League, yeah.
2: She's now but, an Oscar winner um, and well, well deserved, yeah.
1: It's, it's a great film.
2: To that she I loved um, her in um, uh, Greenwing, do you remember that oh, yeah. really uh, that medical I did, comedy. I did watch it, but i forgot she was in that, yeah. She exactly. plays one of the office like admin staff she's right. always pregnant in it <laughs> okay right <laughs> yeah um, green wing is worth a, a revisit if you've gotten out to do i i've been meaning to do that for a while because i didn't watch
1: all of it when it was on i saw enough of it to realize that you know the cast was great um people like Stephen
2: mangan Stephen mangan and,
1: um, uh, yeah julian wrighton um and michelle gomez and Tamsin Grieg. Tamsin Grieg, again, who is also in... Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that um, another reason that that Shaun of the Dead, um, I loved it, um, was the sense of coming together, of spaced with the other sitcom that defined my student years, which was Black Books. Black Books. (laughs) you know, you've got Dylan Moran, Tamsin Grieg, Shaun of the Dead, in in the, the kind of duplicate survival party Um, I don't think Bill Bailey's in Sean is he but
2: he's
1: He's in Hot Fuzz
2: though isn't he yeah well they make up for in Hot Fuzz because he's in Hot Fuzz twice twice (laughs) Yeah. Um, nobody tells me nothing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's
1: awesome Um, before we move on to the world end I just want to mention this year is the 15th anniversary of Hot Fuzz
2: oh my Um, god (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, Empire Podcast, or Empire Magazine, I guess, but it came out on the podcast. They organised it I guess, on stage Q&A with Simon Fake and they were oh, the cool. talking about Hot Buzz specifically, and that came out on the podcast, and it's a great lesson.
2: Oh, I'll um, check that out.
1: There are, there are some fantastic stories in it that I'd love to repeat, but it would just be theft on my phone. <laughs> but they're on there, and I'll put the link in the show notes this um so um it, world's end is, is the final part of the trilogy although actually it was preceded by a movie called paul
2: mm. which
1: was written by nick Frost and simon pegg and starring them but it was directed by um an american greg oh no um i can't <laughs> remember his surname but anyway so i i don't know quite the truth but it was felt like maybe they'd fallen out with hector right
2: at that point i don't know so i was on one of our most recent viewings of world's end uh owen said something along the lines of because there's quite a big gap isn't there between hot fuzz and uh, world's end
1: yeah
2: that, that simon peg Simon Pegg had you know, gone and done other things, but he'd also... And I don't know if this is true, so I'm going to um, preface this with... Allegedly, he'd gone on a bit of a, I'm a star now, take all the drugs, sleep with all the women right. kind of thing. And his character in World's End, Gary King, who, who is also ex sort of addict. I'm not saying that Simon Pegg's an addict and all of this is, allegedly. The, a bit of World's End is a little bit of a, an apology on right. Peg's part um and you know you can see that in in the character of Gary King I've mm. heard I don't know how true that is so you know that like, all that is like you know maybe <laughs> okay
1: well, um before we go on to the world then then uh, I just want to mention yeah so there is the movie Paul which I've seen and quite enjoyed
2: yeah probably. yeah but maybe, I mean like maybe he'd fallen out with right because maybe i think maybe peg was on a bit of a bender yeah perhaps
1: uh, i uh, think well, i mean uh peg does have a hollywood career in the way that the others don't yeah um uh, or didn't at the time i know edgar wright's kind of made more successful um uh
2: position over
1: there now and the you american do american. Did baby driver was that
2: edgar wright
1: baby driver was edgar wright yeah, and it yeah. Was an american production but he was also the original director of um Marvel's Ant-Man, which he did of course. have a good experience of, so he left production. our production. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, but Paul is quite enjoyable, not as mm. good. Um,
2: yeah, it's all right, but, then.
1: Um, it's, it's not, it doesn't come out of the same brick-pom milieu, mm. so there aren't as mm-hmm. many amazing things in it, but you do get, like, only Lever turning up and <laughs> things like that, which is a wonderful touch. And then... Um, uh, I'll mention it now while we're talking about things that are not parts of the trilogy but are connected. Um, many years later, in 2020, there was the Amazon series *Truth Seekers*, which yeah. was written by Nick Frost, although Simon Pegg turns up in it. I've not watched it, but I just remember I, I, I saw the beginning of it and it looked good. Um, and it's one of—I think—Malcolm McDowell plays. Nick Frost stabbing it. Mm. The first time you see him, he's coming down the stairs on the stairlift. And the, and the <laughs> sight of Mark McDowell on a stairlift was one of the most inexplicably hilarious things <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, and I'd really like to watch that show, but obviously not many people did, and it, and it only went for one season. Um, but yeah, I don't believe Peg frog is massive in it, but um, the fact that it Together again, let me know. Yeah. Do, do more. But okay, Um, let's talk about the world end then.
0: And we're back! Just like the five musketeers. Three musketeers, innit? Well, nobody knows how many there were, really, do they? You didn't know that The Three Musketeers is a fiction, right? Written by Alexander Dumas. A lot of people are saying that about the Bible these days. What, that it was written by Alexander Dumas? Huh. Don't be daft, Steve. It was written by Jesus. Are we are there, yeah? Let's go there! They haven't seen each other in twenty years. I'm free to do what I want. But tonight, they're returning to their hometown to finish the ultimate pub crawl. This is our chance to finally conquer the golden mile. Twelve pubs, twelve pints, and this time, they're going to make it to the last pub, the world's end. Let's go.
2: I'm free. <laughs> Come
0: on. What do you recommend? Beer. Yeah. We'll have five of those, please. <laughs> Four of those and attack water. What? Look who it is. Wow, long time. Gary. Welcome. common, and the new. Welcome.
2: Always well, weird, isn't it? You come back and everything's sort of different.
0: I suggest you get on your way. Welcome home, boys. It's not us that's changed. It's the town. You it's alright, I'm not trying to have sex with you. There's something I need to tell you right now. Unless you do want to have sex, in which case I'll tell you afterwards. Tell me right now. What, what did he say, sir? Newton Haven has been taken over by robots. Did you believe him? From the creators of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, the only way to survive the night what? is to make it all the way to the world's end. Where are the others? They're blending in. Hello, I am a robot. <laughs> We're just five friends. On a night out. <laughs> having a good time. The World's End. We are going to get to The World's End if it kills us.
1: Oh, no. Thursday. I didn't see this movie at the time. I didn't see it until quite recently, so I guess you, you probably saw it before I did, so yours.
2: I didn't see it at the time either. So, what year was The World's End come out?
1: 2013.
2: 2013, yeah, uh... I, I think I knew it had come out, um, but uh, we didn't, we didn't go and watch it, and I think I, I, for whatever reason, and then when it came around to it being available on streaming services or whatever, it took me a while to convince Owen to watch it because I think he'd seen the trailer and been like, eh, doesn't look as good, um, so it it took us a while to get around to watching it, and I think we only watched it about two or three years ago, and um. As as I'm sure you'll agree that the uh, the twist in it you don't really see coming what what happens. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean it, it's
1: it's It would be a hard film to explain without giving too much away. I mean, that, and maybe that's why I didn't see it at the cinema because yeah, maybe the wasn't, trailer wasn't. It wasn't really obvious to me what it was. Yeah, like with Shaun of the Dead, it's like it's a zombie movie of the yep. comedy. Yeah. Uh, with Hot Fuzz. It's a cop action movie, but a comedy, and it's yeah. set in Gloucester. Um, whereas with World End, um, I was not really sure. What, I mean, it, in some ways, from the trailer, there, there are bits of it that look a bit like another zombie movie, mm. but then in some ways, it's more sci-fi, and and it and it didn't seem to be any one thing. And when I now having seen the film, I think, you know, in some ways, it's kind of more general because you could say it's like a comedy take on various kinds of sci-fi. It it does Mm -hmm. have tropes from lots of different things in it. But also it's like a very specific um very specific patterning on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The way aliens who look like humans and you can tell that they're aliens because of the way they scream. Uh, Mm -hmm. Although in in the world then they don't just make a weird noise, they also have a, a a light a pulse of light comes out yeah. their mouth and eyes which is very effective um but um, that's kind of the premise you know your elevator pitch would be something like bonus you know, body snatchers but a comedy but actually that's not the movie a more accurate elevator pitch would be It's a comedy about four friends who and, and how their lives have moved apart. Mm. Um, and and they try kind of failure to to reconnect with lost youth and things. Yeah. But also it's it's a sci-fi action movie with kung fu Aliens yeah. and, and Pierce Brosnan. Um, <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, <so, we>, what? <laughs> and yeah, all of all, that is not clear in the trailer, is it? And I think that's probably what put Owen off because it was that I don't what you know what is this selling to me? I don't I don't know what I want to be watching. So he 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 didn't see. Anything in it that he wanted to watch, and it was it was me going, "Ah, come on, it's it's the last of the Cornetto trilogy. You know, we we have to at least see it once." So we've seen them all, and then we did, and we watched it, and it, you know, when the credits rolled, we both were both like, "Oh, that was really good," <laughs> and we yeah. were surprised because I it had taken us so long to get to it, which kind of showed how much we weren't bothered about it. But I think that's like you said, the trailer couldn't tell you. Mm. What it was because because when you see it because it's it's a fight with them in the toilets isn't it then maybe the third or fourth pub yeah we're on a pub crawl and the third or fourth pub and Gary King is starting to well he's just being Gary King and he ends up in a fight with a younger lad who is everything that he is not you know young and with his future before him whereas Gary King is approaching middle age with his future way behind him and he ends up in an altercation with this young lad. And in the fight, it's clear that this lad is not human. But he smashes his head off on the on the side of a sink, doesn't he? And it's all blue inside and yeah,
1: yeah, and whatnot.
2: Yeah. And there's just there's just no. And I've watched it many times since. And as far as and I can't see any signs, apart from like what the pub landlord doesn't know who they are, but that could just be because you know Gary King is. Perhaps an unforgettable character, even though he he, he prefers to think otherwise. That you know, you think right. it's just part of Gary King's worldview that he thinks, you know, he's he's Gary King, but actually no one gives a shit. And so the fact that the pub landlord doesn't recognise him is neither here nor there. And it's only in this fight in the toilet that it's like, oh my god, they're all robots. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: so it doesn't have that lovely build up that shown of the Dead house no. where you can see the signs and you. Uh, um, especially if you're familiar with the genre. But, uh, so it, but that's in a way because the script is weighted towards the character stuff. Yeah. And then I the sci-fi thing just kind of gets wedged in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a really entertaining film. And actually, um, I think my favourite thing about it is, is how moving it is as a meditation on maturity. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I found it quite... Startling when I watched it, it's like, oh, I've grown up with this guy. With yeah. These guys, I am as old now <laughs> as Barry King is in this movie.
2: If they um, all look middle-aged, then fuck. <laughs> so <yeah>. do we. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and are I, we middle-aged?
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> is this, are you asking? I, I, I describe myself as such, but you don't have to. Um, <laughs>
2: Hang no. on a minute, I'm just going to go and book a Botox appointment just give me a minute and I'll be yeah, right maybe, back maybe I,
1: think, I think the phrase middle-aged is based on the old adage of, uh, of 3 score years and 10 being your life expectancy so if you aren't 40 then you're in the middle but people live longer than that now don't we?
0: We're, we're
1: probably not even there yet. we're millennials we'll stick with that Sounds
2: better. <laughs> It just um, makes us sound like twats though <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, 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 yeah there is that um but but yes seriously
1: yeah, like but, gary king exactly well so you imagine that you, you know gary king is kind of like an apology uh that the role of gary king was an apology from from peg to right and the others in a way and he is very brave
2: mm-hmm.
1: gary is so much less likable and relatable well no he, he, he is relatable that's what kind of hurts. He's relatable with these twins at the same time. Yeah.
2: These
1: are all our worst bits.
2: Yeah, put them But he's
1: he's very, um, I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) you've reached our age and you have a a family and stuff in your own place. Um, I'm still in the same bedroom I was when when we met, more (laughs) or less, um, living with my mum. I feel um, akin to it with Gary King, apart from the um, uh, the alcoholism and kind of <laughs> the
2: raging drug habits. <laughs> yes. Um,
1: but, but knowing people who have those kind of problems, um, mm. again, I, th- I think he's quite a, um, a recognizable um, portrait of that kind of person who's struggling with those demons. And yeah. ultimately, the film does allow you to get on his
2: side he is he is very brave yeah yeah he's a brave character um despite you know being a bit of a twat um the they said it does have some quite moving aspects to it you know particularly when uh simon Pegg and nick frost character do end up sort of like going to toe and you know verbally having it out with each other with gary king's um because he's quite stuck in, it's he, well, definitely stuck in the past. So it, it has a lot of nostalgia in it. And the feelings that you can see Gary King having and wanting to, you know, redo the pub crawl and revisit the greatest night of his life, all those feelings of looking back and being like, oh, it was so good and it would never it would never be that good again. I've definitely thought of things like that and remembered times of my life where I just think, oh, I just wish I could just go back and do that again. And so I yeah. found, you know, there's, there's a lot of Gary King that resonates yeah but yeah. you know we're, we're at our age you know early 40s while lots of us have grown up in some respects there's lots of parts of us that have not and don't and don't want to and do understand with Gary King no we do just want to do this and I do we do bandy about the same stupid catchphrases that we said when we were younger and you know yeah, it's like yeah. so much of him that speaks you know, speaks to the to the millennial i think yeah
1: absolutely um, um and and it, that is even more powerful because of this movie's position at the end of that trilogy so even though the characters have not gone through all the films it feels like as i said before we've grown up with them yeah. you know it's quite striking to see um like Martin Freeman and Paddy Constantine, um, Constantine, I don't know. So if you say, so I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, they're now portrayed in this movie as kind of settled, of having settled down, mm. um, and, um, settled for a certain kind of life, whereas in Hot Pools, they were both in that movie, you know, Freeman was a hot shot, high up in the Met, and, mm. um, um, down was one of the CID guys, full of swagger, um, <laughs> and and then and then you go back to Shaun of the Dead, and you're seeing uh, Frost and Peg being housemates,
2: yeah,
1: and like kind of struggling with being kind of approaching their late twenties and having to grasp the idea of yeah, we sort of should start growing up now.
2: Mm, and it's don't the wanna. beginning <laughs> of
1: that journey, and it's really yeah. fun, and it's a really affecting. Uh, of that, um, portrayal of, of, of that uh, thing that we all have to go through at that point. So that was the beginning of them growing up and this is kind of not to suggest that life ends at 40 or anything but <laughs> it, it kind of feels like um, uh, it feels like the other end of that scale even though and I, I don't want to spoil this for people who've not seen the film but like the very end of the world end is kind of a new beginning Mm-hmm. um which suggests as uh, among the many things that it suggests because it's an extraordinary ending um as we were discussing off mic <laughs> um you know it, it it does kind of show that you have that capacity within you to do new things even yeah. even though you know when when you feel like you've gone down a certain path absolutely and, um, and
2: the film closes with uh Cities of Mercy, this corrosion, which is fantastic. Oh that right. final That's song that. at the end. I love right,
1: love it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, nice one. Um, <laughs> right, well, then, I, I think we've, we've had a good chat about yeah. um, the Cornetto Trilogy, or as I only learned today because of Wikipedia, it's actually, its full name is the Three Flavours Cornetto Trilogy. All right. <laughs> obviously, um, a play on the three colours. Um yeah.
2: Religion. Like, <laughs> Christof Kislowski. I don't do that sort of thing. Uh, me neither um, I'm too stupid. Um. <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah, I'm just okay. It's middle like,
2: age. I'm just too old. <laughs> just it's, too old. Teenager, I'm starting old. to use I'm... that excuse more and more for lots and lots of things. <laughs> so, look at that being like too old for that. <laughs> no. What do you mean? tidying up after yourself? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm starting it's to just, it's just make that. No. Um. And um.
1: I wish they'd, they'd make even more of these movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I think they could go forward create new characters, but still commenting on those ages and that time of mm. life, you know? Um, yeah. And also taking the mickey out of more genres. There are more genres out there that they could um, yeah. lean towards. Of
2: course. Um, yeah, so if you're listening, <laughs> can you make some more? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm
1: positive they are
2: listening. Yeah, big have fans. Got, what
1: better if they got to listen to our podcast? Stella, <laughs> this has been wonderful fun, um, listeners. If you haven't seen the movies, I hope that this was still an enjoyable track chart and not completely incomprehensible. Um, <laughs> Sorry.
2: Right, thank you so cool. much, Stella. Thanks, Dan. We've done it. We've done the the
0: Yeah.
3: Right. You have been listening to, and now the podcast starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Stella Gaynor and T D Velasquez. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music, and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at And Now Pod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And now podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash and now, and now the podcast stops.